He's coming home. <laughs> Football's not coming so, uh, home. The man's coming home. Football is coming home because he's the biggest athlete in the world. I've got the squeaky chair today. The biggest athlete in the world is coming home. And this is what we were going to talk to you guys about. Cristiano Ronaldo. I thought we're not going to bore them about the whole you mean podcast bore talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. You can see Man United fan. <laughs> not Man United fan. We, we, but anyway, we're t- aging was what we were talking about. Um, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Yes, aging. And not the case of the idea of we're all getting old and we've got to stop doing this and all sorts. But really the... Um, the concept of of age and and performance or function and health and what does it mean to everyone because yeah. there's a huge amount isn't there of everyone's getting older and as soon as they as soon as Ronaldo was mentioned it was a case of oh well you know he's he's now older and he's not this and it's always very on the negative side but um, well actually there was a Man City um, there, there's a pundit who's a Man City fan two days before, said, Ronaldo coming back, it's going to be awesome for the Premier League and he's going to be like really, really doing well. And then he signed for Man United and they said, oh, he's passed it. He's passed it, he's all had it. At 36. And, and on the other hand, well, I'm probably going to say her name incorrectly, but to be topical in time along those uh, of age, you've also now got the headlines all about the young um, women tennis player. She's now British number one, 18 years old. First final. Um, Raducanu, is that yeah. how, how you pronounce it? I believe it? so. So she's due to, this the result will already be out when the podcast goes out, she's the first in 44 odd years of a British woman to be in a, a grandstand Grand final, final and also yeah. at the age of 18. So I thought the other day it was like, isn't that quite cool? You've got a, an 18 year old just in the fledging of starting a career and at the hitting the peak. And then you've got um, Ronaldo who's, who's you know said to be past his peak but there's just only just uh, was it in the international break broke the the record for the most yep. international goals, and yet he's then signing for debatably the biggest football you know club in the world yeah. and uh, and no signs of accepting and and you know Lionel Messi then moving to Paris Saint Germain these guys are still uh, operating and functioning at their at their peak. Well, yeah, you you still look at the stats and like people say with Ronaldo that. Oh, he's past his peak and stuff, but he still scored more goals last season than I believe any of the seasons apart from the last one at Man United. So then it makes us think of, you know, on performance and health, when, when's our peak and is that actually relevant? I've got patients who have, um, will say that they are at the peak of their physical fitness and uh, functioning, have the greatest understanding of their health um, and they're in their 50s. Yep. Whereas we would tend to say physiologically, perhaps in the you know late teens, early twenties, would be a peak. You have that element of peak performance, a sprinter. I think physiologically is one thing, but entire health is completely different. Yeah, and it goes back to what we said before: entire health versus just one element of of function. If you yeah. if you're a sprinter, you're in your your young twenties, but if you're an endurance athlete, you're going to be. Older. A little bit older because your physiology you is different. Golf is different, like maturing your game and everything, yeah. and, and also yeah, and that's one of the things where I had this conversation with someone today. He's ex-military, and I was talking about my client Stephen, who is a military vet um, from U.S. military, and he's now in the shape of his life at 54. Yeah, so he's literally 54. Was in May, 
shape of his life. Do you um, think? Do you think though that when with going back to age and and fitness and health, that in your in our twenties we kind of no one said well we take it for granted any time, but but uh, we generally are fitter. We generally have more endurance. We are our physiology is younger. But when we get into the forties and fifties, we value it more. We, we're we're working all that the, where there's less pressure on us, more time if kids are getting older. Um, I wonder what your observations are. Is I think in the younger we take for granted, and we have that natural strength. I certainly found that. Whereas as I got older, um, you kind of become aware of of changes in physiology, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to accept that it's just a downward. Well, yeah, I mean, we can look at it from a functional medicine perspective, but I look at it from my own perspective is that during my 20s, and I last competed in 2012, so I was, what, 27? So, yeah, in my 20s, that that was all about training harder. How can I train harder? Now it's about training smarter. Yeah. I want to have shorter sessions, only train what I need to train. Life happens, you're running a business that you, you want to make sure that you're in and out quickly. And yeah, there's, I suppose there's some social aspect, but when we look at actual from a functional medicine point of view, cells do, ha- uh, they do age, like cellular health does yeah. age as we go. But when we look at the actual things that are common, people losing their memory, oh, I keep forgetting my keys, I do that a lot at the moment. And pe- people say, oh, it's just down to my age. Like, usually that's down to high levels of inflammation and stress that's been put on the body. Yeah, it's kind of like the fail safe go to, um uh, get out clause. Yeah, waking well, up during older. the night. Waking up during the night. Oh, it's just because I've hit that age where my bladder control isn't as good. No, it, it, there's usually a reason, underlying reason behind it. We've talked about blood glucose management. We've talked about stress levels. These but then as we get part. older, then we've eventually seen the physiological effects of all that inflammation. Yeah. And so, so as we're older, we're more likely to eventually, um, there's no surprise that over 50s, you then have all the lifestyle conditions, the diabetes, the heart disease and that, but these are physiological inflammatory processes which have been occurring they from when they 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. It's not suddenly we have heart, heart disease. And I think that's where awareness has been be going on. And I suppose like when we've had a lot of talk about like Western medicine, like that's in treating the symptom, but the underlying cause. And one of the frustrations I've had before is that a lot of the times medicine is there designed to treat after the tissue has been damaged. Yeah, yeah. Not, oh, that's actually a sign that this could happen. Let's fix it. There's, there's studies that show that Alzheimer's can be seen about 15 years before. But the trouble is that a lot of times when we get to that point where we actually got irreversible damage, that is when it starts to be treated. And that's when it's also diagnosed. That's when it's yeah. given a label and a name and therefore the agreed research treatment from a medical perspective kicks in yeah there's not that highlighting and that and that that's as you say that's the big difference with with functional medicine or preventative care integrated lifestyle medicine uh, whatever whatever label people are using it's really identifying um inflammation and change in physiology way before it becomes a, a pathology and i think that's where we come into protocols which happens that someone asked on um podcast i'll share the podcast with you because it was on, on mold and at the end of that, someone asks, what's your protocol for this? And in a functional medicine aspect, yeah, we have certain things we could pull towards, but every single person is an individual. So yeah. like with medicine, there's a protocol. 
you've got your headache, okay, hydration stuff, but have your paracetamol. Yeah, I was having a discussion with a patient earlier today um, and we referred on for further testing and that and she identified, she says, the, the challenge with, with a lot of what her experience was with, with her GP was that a lot of uh, a lot of the care just been you know just to ma- treat symptoms and yep. she said the differences with you is that um, she said to me that that you seem to be also interested in why this is happening and what can we do about it and treating the cause so I said well that is the that is the the key and uh, she said the, I said the other challenge is is that with the guidelines these days and certainly in the UK with with um, uh, medicine they wanted to get it more also that it's not necessarily an issue of who you see so if you see a GP or see a, um, a medicine medical practitioner they will be following a set protocols so the important thing is for you see is for you to see a medic not for which medic to see yep so your experience whether you're in Edinburgh or London would be the same and they follow guidance and research-based evidence-based protocols that your treatment will be the same which in theory sounds fine sounds good yeah but each you now realizing that each individual has got different physiology and a different lifestyle but then also each practitioner has also got their own individual bias and understanding so you're never really going to achieve that yeah. So, so it's confusing saying, well, I and just saw... And then the different targets at different hospitals. I, I will say, you know, you, you would have experienced this. So, well, I saw the GP. And then did you go back and see the GP again? No, I saw another GP and then I saw another GP. So they get lost in all that I don't in, think in transition. Like, obviously, we don't want to go into the politics of it or anything like that, but I don't think it's the GP's fault. It's the system they're in. Exactly. And that's what the my point. The targets they have. Is the system, the system is not conducive to yeah. finding, the, finding the underlying cause. And also... It's a, a journey of investigation. It's a time. It's a time heavy process. I think there was, there was a stat I saw that it took an average of something like fifteen years and ten practitioners, or ten years and fifteen practitioners, to diagnose uh, average auto, autoimmune or, or an autoimmune condition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to say average because like autoimmune things are pretty serious things to have. But one of the things when we go back to aging is that oh things like oh my thyroid is going to slow down and one of the things that impacts thyroid function as we know like and this is like if it is the thyroid gland which most of the time is going to be autoimmune rather than just the gland um, and the signal inside of things is stress and when we get with um, with thyroid function is that we'll have this pill and have thyroxine to improve it or they won't dive deep enough but it's not the gland that's causing it it's the lifestyle so yeah. you have this pill that she's going to potentially help someone a little bit if that helps or doesn't help when they finally find the right medication but if they're not fixing that underlying uh, lifestyle which is causing the health problems the stress the smoking the junk food the late nights and that stuff it's just going to keep getting worse so that's why i'm saying going back to the age concept is that when we were younger so i played high level sport in my 20s yeah but i was fit and as healthy as probably as i've been because i played sport i was never one who got fit to play sport i'd rather go and play squash for an hour than go for a 10 minute run yep you know so i was fit because i played sport but my focus was not on the fitness i loved the, i loved the sport yeah now with work demands and things it's the opposite i'm now looking to find time to put exercise and fitness into my and then a lot more conscious of nutrition and other folks and and that whole lifestyle concept 
but that's only come through with age and understanding and through time. But even then, those, those, that understanding, we really want to be ingrained when we're in our 20s. Yeah. Not just that we but get... When, would you have listened when you were 20? Um, well, at 20, probably I was no, really, really overweight. It, but, but also the, the, the element of the, the science and the uh, level of information that was different then. So I'm a lot older than you. So I grew up with the concept of um, margarine was the most amazing thing. Just, you yeah. know, realize, come on the thing, because this is going to solve out heart disease. And, you know, now we can look back retrospectively and go, well, how did that work out? Well, I'm, I'm pretty certain. So, so there wasn't that same information and understanding. But you're right. You might not I have think even if much. I had the information, I probably wouldn't have listened as much because I was really like, I'm still pretty stubborn. But like, I've got an aura ring, I've got an Apple Watch. They both tell me my heart rate variability. I've got the glucose meter that I'm chesting out, like that sort of thing. Before, if I was training and I had a training session planned and my HRV, my heart rate variability was low, and it says you're too stressed to train, you, you knew me back then. You would have just trained. I would have just trained. Yeah, like, yeah. You've known me since yeah. just after my first ever show in 2008. So I've done like seven shows that you've known me through. I would have trained. But the youngsters now seem to be, um, there's two groups. One who are like what we were describing, I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah. But there's also a lot who kind of, they don't drink, they're not things, they're more interested more in what they... More available. And they've got more, but also they're more, they're also more tech savvy. So they're also more of trying to find the right information. So there, whereas when I grew up, I never had an awareness of that. You do, we mm. just did, we just did stuff. And sometimes so there like, is a difference. Is there, is there a difference to learning that way? Like, is it better? Is it worse? Well, the, the same is, is with age. I'd love to so know you, everyone's like, so views on So going back to well. Ronaldo, is he actually, because he's now at a different stage of a career, does he exercise better? Does he take care of and himself smart, better? Right? Does he, he train smarter? Probably smart got his own so cryotherapy the, tank so the golfers, in there. The golfers, as they get older, they change their swing. They they adapt almost because they try, they want to. The beauty of golf is that you can have a long career, whereas the footballer is shorter. So by definition, a lot of footballers like Ronaldo would have been finished by now. But look at Rudy. But look he's at him. Like he's as fit and as strong age, as anything else. But the thing that we've had is so that it's you not do a get numbers these, game. You do get these like people that stand out. Look at Ryan Giggs. He played until he was over forty. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't playing week in, week out when he was 38, 39, 40, but he was still playing for Man United. Yeah, but then he adapted, so he adapted, he adapted. His, his, his protocol. So, so what we're saying... I would argue that Ronaldo's protocol is even more optimised now. Exactly. Uh, like, so are we start, going to start seeing actual, not just goalkeepers, uh, but actual more and more outfield players be in their 40s when they retire? So which goes... Could we bring another decade onto the average age? But so therefore it goes back to the why. Why is he still doing it? He's got the money, he's got the accolades, he's got everything. So it's still the driving force. But if we see him do that, and then there's more and more money going into sport, would they invest in more players if they think the longevity is longer? Yeah, and I think, I think there's many factors and things. Just evidence, But it? going back to, to age, I do think that there is also an element of... Um, you know, my dad lived until 90, but he operated and thought and, and hung out with people 15 years younger than him. Mm -hmm. So age is also just how, how long ago you were born. It doesn't put you into a category of this is how you have to behave. But, you know, a 60 year old generally is probably going to 
have a different lifestyle and outlook on life. He might not be hanging out at the nightclubs with the 18 year olds. But well, this is where um, like, so, got that so there is a difference with age and there is a difference in physiology, but it's probably not as big. Uh, I don't know, I can't quote the reference, but I remember reading that really a, the, the physiological aging process is 2% a year. But we tend to amplify that, especially as we get older. Well, when you look at like testosterone levels going down um, after 30, we, we end up going like, like a percent every year like yeah. after 30. So we're 10% lower testosterone from 30 to four, average but, before but the good we take news, lifestyle factors. But the good in. news, we can influence that, we can accelerate that, or we can reduce it. Yeah. But we also got to accept that physiologically, our testosterone generally at 70 is going to be different to a 20-year-old. Yeah, so it's... It is going to be lower, but it's our choice really how, how much lower it yeah. has to be. And like that goes into like obviously we're, we're at the end of the show here, but as we spoke about like looking at, we'll do a show talking about environment. And I think part of the environment is also the people you're around. And you've just literally like touched on that with your dad's story about mm. being around younger people. So there's many factors as we age rather than what your age is as far as how far or how long ago you were born. Yeah. So, on that uh, ageist note, <laughs> no discrimination. How, uh, how old do you feel? How old do you function? Uh, what is your strategy? Are you and how many high? goals has Ronaldo scored by the time we put this out? For his age. <laughs> yeah. Right, one of the other concepts which we're going to be bringing up, um, certainly within our uh, practice, is a question box. So, if there's any questions, even just a one-off direct question. Yep. Um, I wonder about this. What are your thoughts on X, Y, Z? Then send us the, that that question. Or if there is an area or as part, even if it's just a five-minute take of this is what we what we reckon and that of a, an aspect of of health or lifestyle or so, um, or you'd like us to go back and um, revisit a certain topic. I have a couple of patients who actually have gone back. And they're going back and, and listening to a couple of the earlier podcasts. Oh, sweet. Which is, so we've done I wonder how much like, we've aged and said. Some things like <laughs> milk and some things of sleep. sleep and and stuff, then yeah. started going back and saying, actually, there's some concepts that I can go back to. I've got one patient who's doing a, going back and doing a week of cutting out sugars nice. as a reset. And got that from one of our discussions and that. So um, that's always reassuring. But again, if there's other things going forwards that you want us to... To investigate a little bit more um, we're all up for that and I think with the questions as well you can remain anonymous if it's a, like a sensitive question like you don't have to put your name on it just put it in the box if you want to put your name on it great yeah, yeah and by all means if you if you uh, drop a comment or you email us and just say I'd, you know I'd rather this just be done anonymously or you know anyone can be Bill Bob and Betty then that's fine yeah. uh, and the most important thing is to get the information out there Bill Bob and Betty well, that came after that. <laughs> All the bees. How, was, how, was, how good was that? Off the cuff. <laughs> we'll On start, that note. If we start all the bees, and then next week we'll do all the C's. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have a good uh, couple of, well, I was going to say weekend, because it's coming up the weekend for us, but it won't be the weekend. So I hope you've had a good weekend when the podcast goes up, and we'll catch you soon. Take care, guys. Take Bye-bye. care.